Let hierna ruim ons grondpad en offroad voor by voor saam met Willy Pretorius. Hallo Willy, great to see you again. Hi, thanks for having me again, T. So Willy, last week you introduced us to traction control, which is a new development in modern vehicles such as the Land Rover Discovery to replace diff locks. And we've learned that it uses the ABS system to apply brakes to the wheel in the air and allow power to the wheel that is in contact with the ground. Is that right? That is correct. So this week we'll be learning how to use traction control because obviously it's totally different from just normally driving. Now one thing you have to remember is your traction control is an electronic system. So that system is dependent on you giving it some inputs as a driver. For instance, if you press the petrol, you're telling the system you want to go forward. And if you release the petrol or press the brake, you're telling the system you don't want to go forward anymore. But now when we get to the off-road environment and your one wheel starts spinning, what is the natural inclination for you to do? Uh, perhaps to try and accelerate. That's one option, but I would say 99% of people, and you would even find yourself, even though you say you would try and accelerate, but the first thing you do is you lift off the petrol oh. when one wheel starts losing grip because you think, okay, something's wrong, let me stop, and then you're going to try again. And that's then where most, most people make the mistake is they actually are playing around with the petrol, trying to get up and down that obstacle that they're mm -hmm. now getting stuck on. The problem with your traction control system is that when you lift off the petrol, you are telling the system you don't want to go forward anymore. And it deactivates. Because right. now it's, it's not getting any input from you to go forward. Um, and then on the other hand, if you then press the petrol too much down, what are you telling the system then? Well, obviously that you want to go forward. But if you press it very far down, you're telling the system, I want to go forward very fast, don't interfere with the brakes. So and then that traction control system also is not active. Correct. So, so you're actually just spinning that, that loose wheel more. Yes, and so it, it doesn't get a chance to activate. So the, the correct way to drive a vehicle with traction control, and this is really key because a lot of people are out there and they've got traction control in their vehicles, but they don't know how to use it. And that takes a bit of practice, but once you get used to it, it's, it's a really, really capable system. So the correct way to, to do it firstly is to plant your heel on the bottom of the floor of your car mm -hmm. so that your foot stays steady. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a common thing throughout 4x4ing anyway. If you're going over humps and stuff, you don't want your foot to, to play bounce. around and bounce. Yes. Mm. So you plant your heel and then you just go steady on the accelerator and keep your revs increasing very, very slowly. And when you have one wheel starting to spin, you keep the revs exactly where they are yes. and allow that system to start working and applying the brakes to that wheel that's spinning while you're still keeping the, the, re the petrol exactly where it is. But you're not touching the brake? No, you're not touch touching the brake. The system actually does the braking of the wheel, mm. the electronic traction control okay. system. So that then breaks that wheel that's spinning 
and allowing the power to go to the wheel that's not spinning, that's got a lot of grip on the other side of the vehicle. That's then how that traction control system uh, gets to work. But also it'll come with a lot of noise. Similar to, have you ever been on a, on a gravel road when your ABS brakes activate? No, I don't think I've, I've been in that position. Well, what it does is it actually makes a noise. It's like a, a, a loud krrr sound mm -hmm. where it actually breaks and releases the brakes uh, 100 times a minute or 100 times a second, for mm -hmm. instance. And it's, a, it's like a rattling sound and a really loud noise. Now, similar thing happens on the traction control system. And then what people do is when they start hearing that noise of the brakes activating, they also lift off the petrol. Because they... They get a fright, yeah. They get a fright. They, they're not sure if something's breaking. Correct. So then they lift off, and, and what happens then? The traction control deactivates of course. again. So there's, a, there's that whole process that you need to sort of mentally go through and prepare yourself if you want to use your traction control system correctly. Is to say, keep your, keep your F steady, let the traction control work. Don't get a fright when it starts gripping and moving forward. And then if you lift off the petrol, you're going to deactivate it. So just keep the ref steady. And if you feel that the traction control system is working and the other wheel is not getting enough grip to go forward, then you can slowly increase your, your pressure on the petrol pedal to try and get more grip going to the wheel that's on the ground. Now, for a novice like myself, where would the best place be to practice this kind of thing? Um, obviously not on a, on a steep incline, um, but what, what sort of conditions, you know, would you suggest is a good place to, to start practicing engaging the traction control? Well, a good place to start is uh, the introductory training, if you can do that. Like we, we offer introductory training once a week on a Saturday where we take people exactly through that process with your own vehicle that you're going to drive off-road with, mm. and we practice using the traction control. Um, so a place like Kalani 4x4 where we do the training, they, they, that's an environment that's really controlled. They've got a lot of cross-axle sections that you can just go into and go and practice the use of your traction control. You can even use any other of your methods like your diff locks and stuff like that, you can go and practice there as well. So the best way is to go to a place where you go, can go and practice that skill before you go into the bush or onto a trail and you don't know how to use it when, when the need arises. Well, that sounds good. Is there anything more on the novice section today, or is that enough to oh, I think, think that'll be enough for today. Um, uh, if you can, go and practice your tr traction control. That's always <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, I know. We'll have to talk about a practical <laughs> session soon. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thanks, Billy. Hi, Gary. Uh, welcome. Thanks for joining me again. I believe you've got a couple of uh, questions for me today. Yes. Hi, Billy. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Mm, I've been I've been thinking now if I'm the average guy on the street and I've now listened to what you're saying about this four by four thing and I think it's not a bad pastime and I'd go out and I buy myself something stock off the shelf you know it's it's reasonable but I think 
you know, so there's the guys always modify their four by fours for whatever they want to do. What do you think is usually the first thing the guys spend money on once they bought a four by four? Well, that depends from person to person, but uh, the first thing that they should spend money on is firstly get the correct tires, get the correct tire for your application. I would actually, if in an ideal world, I would want people to come on an introductory training course before going out and buying a 4x4. Because as part of the training, you'll actually see at what what would be the best solution for what you need. Because there's, every 4x4 is different, and every 4x4 has got its application um, that, it's, that it's best suited for. But then after that, obviously, also you'll see the difference or the why tires and tire pressures make a huge difference in 4x4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most guys will just buy the 4x4 so that the wife can ride over the pavement going shopping. But, <laughs> but yeah, the guys, I see the trend is always just to put big fat tackies on the things and then dress it up and make it look great. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go great. And is it the right tool for the job? So I think... You know, what do you want to do with your 4x4? You're just going down to the local game farm and doing a game drive, or you're going to go a bit more extreme, or you're going to go overlanding. Uh, obviously, those are going to determine what would you spend money on. But, I mean, on average, if somebody wants to put a better set of wheels and tires on, what type of money are they looking at? Well, this, uh, the, the, the money is the, is the big kicker in terms of what you what you can afford to put on your vehicle but i would say firstly you need to look at where you're going to use your vehicle the most if you're going to be spending a lot of time off-road then it would be worthwhile getting a more off-road geared tire uh, like a mud terrain or an all-terrain but you also within the all-terrain range you get different tires that are more off-road or more on-road uh, the mud terrain comes with its own complications, a lot of noise, and uh, especially on the road, when you're traveling on the road, there's, there's a lot of noise from the mud terrain tires. They obviously won't give you the mileage you want. And they, they tend to be a little bit softer as well in some cases. So we're not going to talk about brands, different brand no. tires today, but it's really about tires and applications. Personally, for instance, I've had mud terrains on my vehicle for the last five years, and recently, I've moved over to a more all-terrain um, geared tire. And I found that that's actually better in most situations because mm-hmm. when do we actually go and drive mud? There's very, very few and far between where we actually see mud on our off-road trails. And in rocky terrain, believe it or not, a all-terrain tire or even a road tire in some cases has much more grip than a mud terrain wow, tire. That's, that's, that's an interesting one. Yes, it's a, it's a common misconception that your mud terrain tire has actually got more grip, because, but it's got less rubber surface in contact mm-hmm. with the ground because of the gaps between the rubber being so big. So the more rubber surface you have in contact with the ground, especially if you deflate your tires properly, which is another, another section topic. on its own. <laughs> yep. uh, but the more rubber you've got in contact with the ground, the more grip you have going up your obstacles. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then uh, wheels, uh, is, is, it's not necessarily about the pretty. Yeah, so obviously you don't want, if, you, if you're going to be doing hardcore 4 by 4 with a lot of rocks, and then, then you're not going to put expensive rims on your vehicle. Um, 
because those will just get damaged unnecessarily, yeah. especially if you have those those false bead locks with yeah. the with the little studs on the side. Yeah. Those get ripped off quite quite easily if you're doing a rocky terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my suggestion would always be put the smallest rim that can fit over your caliper. Yep. And then put the the biggest sidewall tire on that, that rim, yeah. so that you the bigger your sidewall, the more you can deflate. That makes now, sense. like I said, with the deflation is a topic we'll we'll cover. But a common mm-hmm. misconception as well is that a narrow tire and a wide tire at the same pressure has got different footprints. Mm-hmm. But actually, they've got a very very similar footprint. So a narrow tire at the same pressure has a little bit of a longer footprint than a wide tire that's at that same pressure inflated. Mm-hmm. So they they in in total grip, they're more or less the same. And that's why guys make the common mistake. They put broader or wider tires on and then they don't deflate because they think, no, they've got a lot more grip. Yeah, and it looks pretty. When in actual fact, they don't have a lot more grip. And would you you have a choice between alloy rims or steel rims? Um, Well, that's that's just your choice. Obviously, steel um, rims, especially down the coast here, they tend to rust Mm -hmm. with with time if they're not, well, even if they are treated. but then alloy rims tend to bend much easier uh, and they are more difficult to repair, whereas a steel rim is easy to repair if you right. go and damage it off-road. Yeah. Okay. okay. That, that answers a lot of questions. So uh, it's a case of borrow your wife's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, definitely. But also, yeah, no, do a bit of research before you go yeah. and buy because yeah. that's always a good idea as well. And, and have a look at who's doing what with and with what gear, you know. Go out and have a look at what the guys are using. Yeah, uh, before you go out and buy a lot of expensive yeah. stuff, go with a couple of guys, go off-road and see what's what's suitable and speak yeah. to the guys that know. What. Yeah, great, thanks. Okay, thanks, Gary. And we'll carry on next next week again. Marvelous, thanks. thank you. Bye. Bye.